0: Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake.
1: I'm Alice Sullivan.
0: And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 5 through 8 of The Great Hunt, book 2 of the Wheel of Time series. Previously on The Dragon Reread, rumors
2: of Balzamon's death were greatly exaggerated and he rallies his dark forces. Lan and Ren share a sexy romantic moment on the t- tower top and the Amarillin seat arrives in Faldara. Rand sucks at escaping Faldara because he's, I don't know, lazy or something, but he really he's really good at pissing off nearly all of his friends. We capture our first glimpses of Tarvalon politics, and Moiraine and the Amaralyn seat engage in some scheming. Mm-hmm. A a scheming There's a lot of scheming going on. There's a
0: whole lot of scheming. Continues in this chapter, like, right. schemes upon schemes. Yeah, I think that it's this chapter, right? Chapter 5, The Shadow in Shinar. Uh, which has an icon of a sunburst on it. It's alliterative. Uh, yes. So, so
1: what is the sunburst now? Because it's not a white cloak thing anymore.
0: It was a white cloak thing, wasn't it? It yeah. was. Yeah, it meant white cloaks. But maybe it means... The darkness. <laughs> bad, bad bad people who hate Aes Sedai for scheming like they're doing right now. Maybe? I, I don't understand, yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting
2: choice for this chapter. I, I, I can't think of any reason why... Like anything that...
0: Maybe it just symbolizes the light and good guys. Yeah, because the only it never does. <laughs>
1: the only thing I can think is that the rays coming out from the sun are half black, half white, which we know is a s- symbolic of the, the the
0: the duality of bullshit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the was it, the, the one true source.
1: The one true source, yeah, yeah. the male and the female That's parts. That's right, it's yeah. Totally not yin and yang, but it's yin and yang.
0: <laughs> yeah. Side are inside yin. So Moraine and the Omerlin seat are in it together. Uh, we've learned at the end of the last chapter, whatever morian is doing, the Amaralyn Seed is doing it with her. I was excited about this chapter, after because, actually, because this is... The
2: first time in a while that we've got well, we haven't had many Maureen chapters, and they're always interesting because it's the only time that you actually know what's what's going on with her because she <laughs> lies so. I mean, no, she yeah, can't she lie, but obscures she, the truth. So she much. obscures the truth so much that it's the only time that we really know what's going on. So yeah, they're always interesting.
0: even in this chapter, she hides a bunch of stuff from her her co-conspirator, the Ammerlin Sea. That's right. Yeah, we we co-conspirator we... slash boss. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So, yeah, the Omelette Seed is upset with her because she went rogue. They had a plan. She was going to go get the kids, take them to Tarvalon. But instead, she went to the Blight and got in a fight with some Forsaken. I mean, like, you could
2: see why they'd be concerned, right? I mean, if we, if if you accept that they know that there are evil Aes Sedai out there somewhere, mm-hmm. and then an Aes Sedai comes along and then takes this person that seems important and just
0: takes them straight to the Dark One, and then you'd be like, that seems like a pretty Absolutely, evil yeah. thing to do. T- they stopped off in Camelin where Elida had a foretelling that said these people she's with are incredibly dangerous, and Moraine just effed off on her own.
1: Yeah, I have to say, I feel like Maureen is treating this all kind of casually, in yeah. a way, which is weird, because we know that, especially in these next few chapters that we're discussing today, we learn, we continue to learn how high the stakes are, and Maureen is still kind of going off and doing her own thing.
0: Yeah, she's got, she always has the attitude that what she's doing is right. Right. And even, al- even if everybody else disagrees with
1: her. And also this, we constantly hear this idea of, oh, if we like, if we grasp these young men too closely, if we try to place too many strictures on them, we'll lose them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which, I guess that's probably true. Sure. I mean, teenagers, right? And That's true. Yeah. And so far, she has been right.
1: Yeah.
0: We
2: think. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, Rand <laughs> is is pretty ridiculous about it. Yeah. yeah. But I don't want to do what you want me to do. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but we have learned what the stakes are. Uh, if uh, Moraine and Swan, the Amralin's seat, are uh, caught... They're going to be stilled.
0: You call her Swan.
1: Yeah, it's Swan Sanche.
0: Is that how it's said? Mm-hmm. I guess I. Oh, in my, I was saying See you on. Mm-mm. Me too.
1: No, I look. I looked this one up too. Swan. Yeah, it just
0: blew my mind. It's Swan Sanche. <laughs> okay, Swan Sanche. That is not that how, how I, I definitely not how I knew. Yeah, it. right. They're screwed if this comes to light. Even though they're as far as they know, and as far as we know, they're doing the right thing to like save the world. Yeah, they're. That's the situation.
1: Yeah, because still it sounds like the worst possible thing because it's like gentling for men, except they lose all of their powers and mm-hmm. they know what they've lost too, which is uh, even more tragic.
2: Right, yeah. It's interesting how the word, like, essentially the worst thing they can imagine is the thing that they do to every guy they meet who has channeling, right? <laughs> 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 it's true. Like, we call it a different thing, but it's really the same thing.
1: <laughs> and we know that um, there's only ever been two women, uh, Amaralyn seats who have been stripped of stolen staff in this entire time. And they were both red. So I'm starting to feel like the red Aja are kind of like the Slytherins. Like they're just (laughs) not good people. They're
2: definitely the bad guys in a lot of ways, but I mean, you could argue that it's rightfully so because to be fair, every other, male who channels has yeah. gone insane and shattered the world or like destroyed a, their entire family or mm-hmm. killed everyone within a thousand mile radius, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it, the, the,
0: arguably the red Aja has a good reason for feeling the way that they do. Mm-hmm. About I think they channel. Channel. see themselves as good people. Yeah,
1: sure. They don't see Absolutely.
0: themselves as trying to wreck things. They see, them, see themselves as doing the unpleasant work that needs to be done for right.
1: the greater good. Exactly. good yeah. yeah.
0: Sometimes you have to break a few eggs to make an
2: omelet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sometimes you have to gentle a few false dragons to ensure the breaking of the world doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. As the saying goes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> goes. I think I have that needle pointed somewhere. <laughs>
0: right. So the omelet seed has the Horn of Valir. Yeah. Which uh, I which, think it's which, there in the room with them. Right. They're like yeah. They're in the talking. room, and that, that was found by Moraine and her team. And and it's supposed to be found pr- from the prophecies. It's supposed to be found just in time for the last battle. So that's dark. With capital letters. Yeah. Which is, 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 I guess, part of the prophecy, right? Yeah, right? The last battle, assuming assuming it's going to be a big deal, because it's the last battle. <laughs> I, I mean... It's kind of an apocalyptic end of the world type Ragnarok thing. sort
2: of, you know, yeah. And it's... it's. I'm trying to remember. Don't they say that this is this is how a new age starts or something like that? It's like, when this happens, it kind of resets and, and continues. Because
0: yeah. it's not like the wheel is breaking or anything. They're just... Yeah, just a huge cataclysm or something. But, right. You know... The kind of thing that kills a whole lot of people and is a really bad experience to be living through anyway. Right. So that's a sign that the last battle is coming, which is what Moraine and Swan believed at that the. That's part of their beliefs. That's why they're doing this whole thing, this whole conspiracy. So we learn a little bit about Moraine's plan. She's going to send the horn with Matt and Perrin. And I think she refers to Matt as the hornblower at one point, which oh. hasn't happened yet. Interesting. Uh, so, what this, that mean. I mean, so how, did, how does she even know that? Well, she's planning for it to happen, so uh, she's got this thing going on where she she knows the prophecies and she's actively trying to make the prophecies happen because she believes that's what needs to happen in order to win the last battle.
2: Man, so I wish is, I had
0: that section with men
2: in front of me because I wonder if the, I bet there was a symbol there that would talk about this. I, you know? I'm
0: sure there was actually, yeah. And and it's interesting. Like to me, it's it's kind of crazy. It's like a snake eating its own tail. Moraine is making this stuff happen because she believes in the prophecies. But this stuff is largely only happening because Moraine is doing it. So, are the prophecies real or not? I mean, that's that's a that's a that's a deep question, right?
2: I mean, like, <laughs> is prophecy in general, and if yeah. it's it's determinism versus like you know the idea that we all have free will, and and if you accept that we have free will, then you know she's free- she's making prophecy happen. Yeah. Free will
1: versus predestination, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, Moraine is wants to manipulate Matt maybe into being the hornblower, manipulate Rand into being the dragon, because she believes he already is the dragon reborn. And she doesn't care about Perrin. He's just an add-on. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't matter.
1: Can I actually go back and I have a few, I don't know if they were intentional or not, but I feel like there's a few historical references in here for Robert Jordan. Mm. And the first one I want to talk about is uh, going back to the Amarlin seat, is talking about the Amarlin seat, how they've been stripped of stolen staff. They've been essentially fired. From their jobs. That's only happened twice since the breaking of the world. And they, and uh, Swan talks about how one of the Omerlin was, kept, excuse me, Swan talks about how both the Omerlin were kept in the tower uh, at Tarvalon. They were not allowed to wander around loose. They might be seen as a martyr, or become a rallying point. So they end up making them into scholarly mates. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of things there. First of all, I think it's an interesting idea of, I think it, we can look at this from almost a a propaganda standpoint in terms of this reminded me of the story of Richard Simnel. We know that about the two princes in the tower who were the sons of King Edward the fourth and they disappeared. And we think that they were killed in real life in real life. Yeah. We're talking about in English history in real life. We thought that they were killed, but we had these various pretenders who showed up later on when Henry the seventh, defeated when Henry VII became the king of England and one of these pretenders who pretended to be Richard Duke of York was a young man named Lambert Simnel and once Lambert Simnel was Lambert Simnel was exposed as not actually being royalty not actually being the son of King Edward IV Henry VII did something very clever and he put Lambert into the kitchens and turned him into a someone who would turn the spit <laughs> so that he would no longer be seen as a martyr or somebody to, or somebody to rally Oh, behind. I didn't know
0: that. So that really happened. Yeah. Oh, and yeah.
1: Robert Jordan is obviously kind of a, a bit of an Anglophile, I would think, because, at least in terms <laughs> yeah. of English literature. <laughs> yeah, <could> so <laughs> I thought that was kind of an interesting... It remind, reminded me of it. I doubt he did it deliberately, but it yeah, just made he, me he, think
0: He very well might have, and it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can tell... We're learning more and more that the politics in Tarvalon is brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cutthroat. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that I guess it has to be because the, the
2: whole, the way that the I main, main, maintain power is it can't be overt. It, it hasn't been able to be overt for a long time because of public opinion. But they maintain power through subtle manipulation and through propaganda and through, mm-hmm. like, these, these influences that, you know, uh, yeah. essentially amount to, like, tricking people into doing the things that they want them to do, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the chapter cuts to uh, Geofram Bornhold, the uh, White Cloak, which is I guess that's why the Sunburst is there. Oh yeah, there are some White Cloaks in there. Yeah. So he's been sent to Terabon, and this is all I guess some villains twirling their mustache chapters. We <laughs> get a little <laughs> foreshadowing
2: because we at this point we already know that he is a, a, a was it a dark
0: a dark friend right? No, we don't know that he's that guy. Okay,
2: I thought, I, I thought for some reason it cut to him. Shortly at the end of that Dark Friend's chapter, at the beginning, did it not I?
0: I might be getting him confused. I don't think so. No. Okay, okay, because I don't think I don't think he is a Dark Friend. He, oh no, you're right, you're right. Remember, he's in this chapter. He's like, yeah, he doesn't know why he's going to Terabon. No, you're right. I think it's it's probably the guy he meets. Right, I think you're right. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> well, my wires <water's> crossed. <laughs> yeah. So he's been sent to Terabon. He doesn't know why. Uh, he's and he's leading an army of white cloaks, and he's. He's like a good guy, sort of, as a White Cloak. As good, okay, as good as a White Cloak can be, because I yeah. mean, like, you
2: know, there's some, there's some
0: like, his, his orders province. were like, you know, move your army, and if anybody sees you, kill them. Yeah. Like all the peasants and stuff. And he's like, I really don't want to do that. Yeah. But I'm going to do it if I have to. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I'll do it if I have to. But hey, I managed not to kill any innocent people on the way here. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Luckily. So he meets a, a jerk White Cloak, who's a, a questioner.
1: Totally not an inquisitor.
0: Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) not at all. Yeah, those words are kind of similar, aren't they? (laughs) Questioner, inquisitor, Inquisitor, whatever. Yeah, who's a more typical white cloak? Who's all like peasants? Suck. We'll kill them all. They're all dark friends. Yeah, didn't he? Didn't he actually say that they just finished killing an entire village? People. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he says strangers have landed on Toman Head, and that they may this army that Bornhold has brought they may have to fight, which is uh, that's it's part of whatever's going on on Toman Head. We keep hearing about it. And uh, Bornhold doesn't know what's going on, but the the White Cloaks are involved in whatever it is. Uh, they, they hint that it might be Arthur Hawkwing's army returned from over the seas, which is interesting. We don't even really know what that means. Yeah, we haven't heard anything about that yet, but
2: uh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess it could happen, like... Yeah, that seems pretty pretty far fetched.
0: A, a little bit. It's interesting
1: because you think ghost army, but then we find, but then we find out that they might actually be talking about Arthur Hotwings' actual descendants.
0: Yeah, they said two of his sons went with the armies over the seas and didn't come back.
1: Yeah, except and except we don't, we don't. There's nobody who knows because apparently the sea folk. Who might actually know what's going on outside of your? Yeah. I mean, excuse me, this part of the world that they live in uh, are, <laughs> and
0: or. yeah, are yeah.
1: notoriously uh, close, close, close-mouthed. Yeah,
0: so that's. It must be a little frustrating. The sea folk kind of know what's going on in geopolitics. They just don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what's really funny is there's a, a reference to an, a sea folk,
2: Aes Sedai, who also won't tell anyone what's going <laughs> right. on. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, well, you know, she's an Aes Sedai, but she's also
0: a sea folk, so she still won't tell us. It's <laughs> yeah. like, that's pretty lame. <laughs> <You know. laughs> so, got to uh, some Leandrin stuff. Leandrin, the Aes Sedai that we met who was mean and is yeah. Red Aja.
2: She's not a great, not a great people
0: person. Yeah, I, she's. I'm starting to think that she is a red herring in terms of who the Aes Sedai dark friends are. I, I cuz she's a, so mean. I know it's it's, <laughs> it's like so obvious that she's got a, that she's a dark friend that she can't be a dark friend. Yeah, so she basically kicks down the door of Lady Amelisa's giggle party with her friends, mm-hmm. and they're they're reading like you know courtly <laughs> courtly romance stuff and laughing about it. Can
1: I say this kind of grossed me out a little bit? They're essentially reading that 1950s book, The Rules, which is about <laughs> how like women are supposed to act as hopeless and ridiculous as possible in order to get a man. And they're just sitting there kind of laughing at it. Mm. Like It's just ridiculous that they're reading it. And then I feel that's a very Robert Jordan thing to be like, well, these women are super strong. So if they see something like this, they're just going to mock it. It's, oh, really? Yeah. Like, why couldn't they be reading something that didn't have to do with dudes? <laughs> that's,
0: <laughs> that's a good point. point. Yeah. yeah. The yeah, anyway, dance so, of the hawk and the hummingbird. That's so Leandrin basically the dance of the hawk and the <laughs> hummingbird. stupid. I mean, it's I, I assume great it's porn. It's, uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> absolutely porn. They're all just reading porn together. <laughs> yep. Because that's 50, like you do.
1: Fifty shades of, what was it, hawks and hummingbirds? <laughs> yeah, Fifty Shades of
0: Hawks and Hummingbirds. <laughs> uh, yeah, Leandrin breaks up the party and is a total party pooper and uses her magic powers to manipulate the mind of Lady Amelisa to enlist her, like to make her her servant.
1: Yeah, and literally, her ne- her first power that she ever discovered in herself was her ability to invisibly cause pain to other people.
0: Yeah, she's
1: totally not evil.
0: Yeah, right. She's. Yeah. <laughs> I she's mean, so like, evil. It's over the top. It's ridiculous. It's 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 comical. Mm-hmm. And, and she wants Rand, Matt, and Perrin. But that's not a dead giveaway that she's a dark friend because the Red Ajah wants Rand, Matt, and Perrin too anyway. Right. But maybe she is, and and. I guess the I said I don't have any rules against, you know, mind control. They have rules against lying, but th- but doing this doesn't mean that she's evil, right? Or that she's act like as like in the evil category, as opposed to just
2: what we would call evil. Don't, the, don't they? Don't they? They say something like, when she was a novice, they were like, "You can't use this power because it's kind of, you know, not cool to do that to people." Mm-hmm. And I, we know. I mean, like, I assume that if Moraine could do that, then she would have done it a long time ago. So it's it's maybe it's something that's off the table as sort as far as like what's considered a cool tool to you. To use. <laughs> yeah, uh, but
0: she does it anyway, and yeah. so the uh, everybody, all the the women of the Keep now, I guess, are are looking for Rand, Matt and Perrin. Right. So cut to Padden Fane, who gets a mysterious surprise visitor that we don't see who it is. Which is I
2: mean we're I, we're obviously meant to assume is Leandrin, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm I'm not convinced. She feels yeah. like because he's down it's in the too dungeon. obvious. Yeah. If it were if you were making it this obvious, then he would just say, oh Leandrin shows up. But you know, it feels <laughs> right. yeah. so chapter
0: six Dark Prophecy. Uh, with a symbol of Trollocs. Okay, we were overdue for a horrifying nightmare chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Rand is having a horrible dream, and he wakes up, and Aniv is there.
1: Oh, yay! Another Rand dream. <laughs> we're so glad. He has a lot of
0: dreams. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he he's does. He should, he should keep a dream journal and write it all he, down.
1: He, he, but he's not the only one. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's not the only one. <laughs> So ninety says that well, tells him that the, the female servants are all looking for him now for some reason they don't know why because because of this Leander thing that's going on and Rand says the name of the Dark One because he's a dumbass Voldemort yeah Voldemort that's yeah him. yeah <laughs> he, he who must not be named oh Come sorry <laughs> and but actually like it's interesting because he says the name of the Dark One and then something physically happens like he like the world lurches you know yeah you know it's not Which just makes the, it really clear that you really shouldn't say that name <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, this this happened both times so far that he's named the Dark One. How do they learn the name of the Dark One in the first place?
1: Well, I mean they they're they're constantly parodying that the Dark One and or Basil Man and his friends are.
0: In, are, <laughs> go on, this is great.
1: Are in Shadow Logoth, right? Paul's
0: one of his friends are hanging out in Shadow Logoth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's totally that, un-chill. There's there's a that,
1: that, oh my god, there's
0: that <laughs> no, the, one phrase ke- they repeat. The Dark people, One and all the Forsaken are bound in Shadow Logoth. Shadow Logoth.
1: Shadow, yeah, Shadow yeah,
0: Shag- yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 blah,
1: blah, blah, which I assume they've just been hearing from being very small children. It's just like a but tale. How
0: they, but how do they know his name? How do
2: they know Shadow? name? No one ever says that name. I, well, okay, so... You don't die when you say it. So mm. someone's out there... And there's dark friends. So someone's out there saying it, right? It's got to be written down places. Is it-, is, it, is, it, is it... You don't write his name? Because I bet it's written down, right? Mm.
1: And can I just say, I'm very pleased that when Rand does say the dark one's name and he has his little freak out, whatever it is, Nynaeve notices and she calls him out on it, which is something that, I think that is like literally the first time that something weird has happened with Rand and somebody else has actually noticed, because he's been just constantly (laughs) concealing it this whole time, Mm -hmm. and we know how I feel about Team Nynaeve, so Mm -hmm. good on her. The founding member. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The
2: president
0: and only member
1: of the (laughs) Nynaeve fan club. Whatever, Nynaeve, I love you.
0: So, maybe connected to this, maybe not, the alarms are going off in the keep. All the bells are ringing, something bad is happening. Uh, so Rand grabs the sword and uh, starts heading for the dungeon, because uh, Egwene was heading down to the dungeon, uh, where Pat and Fane is. And we get this uh, this quick action scene where he dashes through the women's quarters with his swords, and there are, all of a sudden there are Trollocs everywhere, uh, and fighting and killing people, and there's a Myrdral, uh who almost kills Rand, but then Ingtar saves him. Ingtar, the guy who we... I guess I'm supposed to remember who that is. He's a. I did not remember who he's he was. A, he's a, sh- a cool I, Really? I, a,
2: I gathered that he was an important Shinarian character, but I could not remember who he was for the life of me. Are
1: you yeah. kidding? He was badass. I love that guy. Was he? What yeah. Was, what was his he, deal? He was super hardcore. He
0: was the guy that, that escorted them to the border, and he was like, oh, I don't get to go into the Blight with you, and I'm not going to make it in time for the battle where everybody oh, dies. Oh, okay, okay. I just okay. want to die with all my friends.
2: I mean, I figured he must be a badass because he, like, then
0: proceeds to fight a, yeah. <laughs> a mirror draw by himself. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. And uh, and Rand escapes uh, to the dungeon, where uh, the aforementioned horror scene is there. <laughs> There's blood and chunks of bodies and stuff everywhere. It was
1: so gross. It,
0: it was super gross. That the the what the the heads of the guards are on the table, like screaming, <laughs> like not just like nice heads too, like scared heads. Yeah, 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 so they, and, killed. yeah they died screaming.
1: And okay. once again, we know that the trolls have been there because they leave their signature calling card of smearing words and feces and blood on the walls.
0: Like they do. Like they do, yeah. Like they can't go into a room without smearing shit and blood on the walls. So how much time did they actually spend doing this? Because it it seems like it's only been a couple minutes. Well, they do it all the time, so they've got to be really good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Like every time they walk into a room. Okay, (laughs) you're writing in blood, you're writing in crap, you're chopping up the bodies. Let's go, guys. (laughs) They're very efficient.
1: And we see a super, super scary... Message on the wall.
0: Yeah, there's a message for Rand specifically, and I wrote it down. We will meet again on Toman Head. It is never over, AlThor. Aww. So that's that's scary. and yeah. he, and he, you know, he goes like, "I better erase this." Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Calls him out by name. Uh, I think Pat and Fain wrote that. I
2: think I right. Would... I would assume so. I mean, like, who else, right? Yeah. And Pat and Fane is, is essentially just a mouthpiece for various dark forces of this point. <laughs> right, so. the collection.
1: And the And the brown, two of the brown Aes who are all about knowledge, show up and they're looking at some of the other writing on the wall, and they mm-hmm. say, oh, this was written in a different hand than Trolloc's. So I think that's a good guess that it was Pad and Fane. Right.
0: Or Mirdral. Yeah. So, say. yeah, he scrubs it out, uh, but gets busted in doing so by Leandrin. Who came down to the dungeon for some reason? And she starts acting like a dark friend again. <laughs> Immediately gets really aggressive on Rand, <laughs> and uh, and she's, she starts using magic on him. And this may be the same like evil mind magic that she used on Amelisa. It's like torture magic, I guess. Mm-hmm. But she gets busted by Moraine, luckily. Uh, and Moraine, and they're both like, "Well, what are you doing here?" And he's like, "Oh, looking for Egwene." And so <laughs> what are the, you doing here? <laughs> yeah. So the other prisoners are dead. They killed themselves. Right? No, no. Oh, no, one of them's dead.
1: One yeah. of them hung himself, and the yeah. other one, when he sees Rand, he starts screaming, and his hands are all bloody, and he's trying to scrabble out through the brick wall, so it's super, super creepy. Yeah, very, yeah.
0: very He's trying to dig himself out with his bare hands. Yeah, Matt and Egwene are there, but they're knocked out, and, uh, but Matt's dagger is gone, and Fane is gone. We've been told that his dagger going away is a bad thing for Matt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not great.
1: They're saying if they don't find it, it's just a question of months till he dies.
0: Yeah. So, this is awful, right? And not just because they blew up some guards in the front room or something. Right. Blood and chunks everywhere. Ingtar gets the Ingtar gets in there and, and tells us what's going on finally. The Trollocs were let in to Shinar by dark friends. Because they could tell because the guards had their throats cut bum, bum, on the bum. inside. From and the inside of their throats. From the inside of their throats. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the guards had their throats cut by people who were on the inside of the keep. Right. <laughs> and they've stolen the Horn of Valir. So, this is a really... Uh, inciting incident in this story. but Well, I
2: mean, like, it is called The Great Hunt, so I mean, I guess now we have a reason to have a book. <laughs> yeah. But on the bright side, you know what this means is that the last battle gets pushed out a little bit. they that's
0: It's the way scheduled in the can last They gotta, like, find sense. the horn again. Whew, that's good. Right. No I, last battle tomorrow.
1: I have to say, that's some really shitty security. They had that horn in their possession for, like, less than 24 hours.
0: Yeah,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah, that actually bugged me a little bit. Like, this is Shinar. Like, if there's any city that's prepared to deal with. Mirdral and Trollocs, mm. it'd be Shinar, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, somehow they got in and got all the way to the Horn without anyone killing yeah. all of
1: them? I, I guess
0: it's Maybe wrong. there was some, some magic stuff going on that we don't know about. had to have been, yeah.
1: And, I mean, it is kind of a way of heightening that sense of paranoia, because we know for sure now that there's got to be someone on the inside.
0: Yeah, well, remember, in the Dark Friend meeting, there was a Shinaran lord.
1: Oh. That's right. Mm-hmm.
0: Could, could be a lot of people. And
1: yeah. there was some black Aja, too, right?
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. So and, they're everywhere. Yep. They're everywhere. So lands there too in the Blood Dungeon, and he says basically that Rand, like being crazy and naming the Dark One, and then running through the women's quarters with a sword, has convinced everybody that he's a foreign prince. (laughs) Wait, what? I know. This is, I think this is the effect of Ran being Taverin, you know. And now just, everyone wants to marry him. Yes. And yeah. now everybody, all the women in the keep are like, somebody needs to marry him right now. <laughs> Look at this guy. Ooh, he's got a sword mm. and he
2: runs through the women's area. Mm-hmm. I want to I point something out, by the way. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting that the Shinaran quarters follow the, the bathroom rules that we all know. That, you know, the men's restroom is like a shit-encrusted hole in the floor, whereas the women's restroom has like a flat-screen TV and like a, a couch or something like that. Mm-hmm. Women's quarters, same way. Men's quarters, mm-hmm. it's like a, a bed and a quarter, maybe three beds crammed into one room. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so. In the
1: women's quarters, they have maids who come and turn down the beds at night. And yeah. It's much nicer. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, Rand. At this point, he's free to leave. Like the the rule is called off. The they're they're going to let him through the gates. And apparently, wait, didn't they say that he could have left at any time?
1: Yeah, there were some mixed messages there because he thought he wasn't allowed to leave. But then uh, I believe it's Moraine is saying, "No, you've been able to leave the whole time." Yeah,
0: because this is part of her the way she's manipulating Rand
2: is by not telling him what to do. I didn't know if maybe there was someone else sending a message, like a dark a dark friend. Oh, it could have been manipulator, that manipulator who was a like dark friend. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know.
0: Mm. Hard to say. So, chapter seven: Blood calls blood. But it's a picture of the wheel of time.
1: So, yeah, so the wheel this. of time, but it's also got the 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 snake that's swallowing itself in it. Yeah, as
0: well. that's it's the same symbol that is in the first and last chapters mm. with, Isn't with up the to prophecy use stuff to end every chapter.
2: Is it? I think. Well, it, it might be different in your in your copy, no, but the end of each, each chapter better. it has. So it's no, funny because it's that. like it's on this page and then it's on the next page. Oh. <laughs> No, not in my coffee. Okay, well, yeah, it, but it's, uh, yeah, it, I guess it represents the, the wheel and
0: the the uh, of time. It's just branding. It's just yeah. branding the <laughs> story.
1: And I have to give my one complaint, because every single time we have a podcast, I have to complain about one descriptor that Robert Jordan uses way <laughs> too much. Uh-huh. And for this official episode, it's Aes with smooth faces.
2: Mm. Oh, yeah. yes. every Aes Sedai has a smooth face Exactly Which is, I guess, how he describes their agelessness
1: Agelessness and also their um,
0: Expressionless
1: Being expressionless, yeah. yes mm. Yeah, How yeah. they conceal their thoughts
0: Because they're controlled and manipulative and stuff mm-hmm. So in this chapter, which is Aes Sedai uh, Moraine, uh, Swan, the Almerlin seed Leanne and Viren all get together and, and they healed Matt uh, Some you know, they, right. they can't heal him all the way because they need the dagger, the evil dagger, to finish it off. Yeah, he's still not healed all the way. And uh Viren, the brown Aja, translated some of the writing, and it's dark prophecy. So they have their own prophecies. That's good. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's hopeful
2: for them. Because, like, if all the prophecies were like, yay, you know, good's going to win, then, mm-hmm. you know, why would you even be a dark friend, right?
1: The thing mm-hmm. is, this is a very, very long prophecy. So, once again, going back to how did they have the time to write this all out on the wall? Yeah,
0: so they, they probably one thinks they weren't like just like spitting rhymes from the top of their head right they had it written <laughs> down i assume they had like some
2: some large portable printing press
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just
2: like, you spread the blood on it and they just put the panel
0: up on the Maybe wall. Maybe it's like they've got st- blood stencils. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they hope oh, one team holds idea. up the blood stencils and the other ones paint the blood. Oh, yeah. that's a good idea. But yeah, they, they it's, yeah, several verses, right, of, of dark prophecy.
1: Yeah. And it even has a chorus blood feeds blood, blood calls blood, blood is and blood was, and blood shall ever be.
0: <laughs> so. So I'm picking up a blood theme in this prophecy.
1: <laughs> just a Wait, little wait, bit. what? Blood?
0: Really? Yeah, you yeah right. Hmm. Uh, that's that's kind of cool. I think Dark Prophecy is awesome. Yeah. Well, it's definitely metal because of all the blood. Mm-hmm.
1: I was a little nervous just because reading Tolkien, I feel like there's constantly songs and poems. But this is the first time Robert Jordan's done that, so I'll give it a pass.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. as long as he doesn't like keep doing this, I yeah. totally agree. That's... Well, you can skip it because it doesn't actually say anything really. Yeah. It just says a bunch of stuff's going to happen. And that's then the prophecy. Well, well then they, don't they immediately start like picking it apart as far as like translating? Yeah. So you could re- you could really skip it and they'll just tell you what they're <laughs> what the <laughs> yeah, just yeah is. pretty much. Uh, so Varen gives us a nice uh, exegesis of the this dark prophecy. But Varen also knows about Rand being the Dragon Reborn. Which, and there's a fun little scene where Varen mentions that. And, like, Moraine and Swan both, like, grab the power. Like, and they can see when each other is powered up, you know. It's yeah. like gunslingers pulling their gun out. Yeah. They are like, like, they thought, you know, we're going to have to fight, you know. If somebody else knows what we're doing, we're, like, we're going to have to fight them right now. This is the, but, but Varen is like she's she's much more perceptive than she lets on. She's just put it together from all the facts.
1: Yeah, they try to make her to be the absent-minded professor who's just out there in pursuit of knowledge without mm-hmm. any real common sense. But she's actually got a lot of common sense. I yes.
0: think. Yes, and uh, and, uh, and so they they cut her into the the conspiracy. But the chapter cuts to Perrin visiting Matt in the infirmary. I got uh, real quick though. I got to ask: Did you what did you get the impression they were
2: about to do to Varen? Because there's this whole thing like, "Light, help me, Varen." You know, I love you for these, and blah, 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 but I have to do what I have to do. Kill her. That's yeah. what I thought, too, right? they were right? a killer. I, I, I swear that, we, we, or, or wipe her mind, or do something to her, right? Yeah. Well, I I don't know if they
0: can wipe her mind, but they, they were going to, like, make her give have a heart attack? And, like, pretend it just happened randomly? Yeah. Whatever
1: it was, it wasn't going to be good.
0: Yeah, right. and so whatever they, they are into, it is so important that, like, this person who is a mother figure to them, they would kill her. Yeah. To protect it. Yep. And what it is, I mean, we I guess we know a little bit about what they're what they're doing. They think it's the prophecy for the Dragon Reborn winning the last battle and preventing the end of the
2: world. Which is, not, again, not necessarily good for everyone, because he's still going to break the world, right? Like, yeah. the prophecy is that he's going to break the world.
0: Yeah, he's going to kill almost everybody, but that's better than killing everybody. Right. Basically.
2: Or, or and, you know, the Dark Prophecy is that the Dark One's going to reshape the world in his image, which is also yeah.
0: a bad thing. So. And so I don't know how... Uh, Swan and Moraine have kept the faith for like 20 years of this two-person conspiracy so so tightly that they're ready to like rock and roll and kill the first person that learns about it. I, I mean, all I can figure is that... That's, how, how did they get so so religiously convinced?
2: Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a good question. I mean, like, that, we know from the, the stories that they, they got the prophecy initially from a, a telling a long, long time ago it was, it wasn't, I think it was the former Amarulyn Seed or something who has a, pro, who prophesized. Yeah, we,
0: we learn about that in, a, yeah. in a, one of the next couple chapters. Yeah. And it's very interesting. But, but
2: yeah, since then, nothing, right? I mean, it, all of the, the actual action and changes that have happened, all happened in the last, you know, two or three years, right? I mean, it yeah. something like that.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So So, uh, yeah, with the chapter cuts to Perrin visiting Matt in the infirmary. Uh, and Leanne is there just watching over him. Leanne is the, the keeper of the seals, I guess the, the, what, what would be her relationship to the Omerlin seat? She's the, the, what is the keeper? She's the keeper of Chronicles or
2: something like that. Yeah, she's kind of like but the, she's, the number two. Yeah, she's the like, announcer slash, seems to be a little bit like a
0: guard kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Leanne is there and this is the first of several occasions in this chapter where she says, oh, has she already done it? No, this is, this is the first one, I think. She's, right. like,
2: super... Where she
0: gets very, like, sexually aggressive
2: to one of the young men. You're like, overtly flirtatious with Perrin, and he's just not sure what to do with it. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, like, I assume she's somewhat older than him.
1: hmm
0: And, you know, this is
2: a little creepy. It,
0: it, yeah, it's a little bit. And she, I mean, the power disparity is there. She's an Aes Sedai, right? She has a lot more power than he does. Absolutely. And... I, I, if it was one time, I would not have remarked on it, but she says this to every young man she meets. Yeah. She's kind of lecherous. Yeah. And, uh, Perrin is, of course, brooding about how, how much it sucks to have wolf powers and have, like, awesome <laughs> like, wolf golden eyes and stuff. And oh, also, I, I want to point out that uh, he also
2: says Rand would know what to say to her. Because, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, like, every time this happens, Robert
0: Jordan has to reinsert that phrase. Yeah. Rand would know what to say about this. Yeah, about a, a sexually predatory older woman. Uh, so then, yeah, we get to see Rand trying to apologize to Perrin for being a jerk. Uh, mm-hmm. And it fails because they're all idiots. And uh, during that conversation, Perrin's hackles rise. Do they? Yes.
1: That's a little on the nose. (laughs) The
2: the, the paws made his hackles rise. Do people have hackles? Like, I know what that means for a dog. It's it's, it's the hair on their back, right? I, I guess. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, for a wolf it is. Because
1: the, the hair on the back of your neck, when they say that, it means that you feel creepy about something. But, but when your hackles people. rise, you're angry. So yeah, what's a hackle?
2: He's not a people, he's a, he's a wolf. <laughs> so I, I assume that means like the, the hair on the back of his head, like <laughs> he's just like, he's like stood up. Like, up. like a
0: cockatiel. Yeah, like like <laughs> like
1: like like <laughs> <laughs> or it could, you know, just be metaphorical it's possible just throwing that out there
0: wait a metaphor no I don't don't think so no I don't think that (laughs) either yeah so so Rand is is wasted time he could have gone but it's too late now because the Amralin Seed has summoned him and Lan comes and gets him and uh, on the way to the Umberland Seat, Lan gives Ran some manly etiquette lessons. And he
2: dresses him up. I think this is a, I think this is kind of a cute scene. Like, Lan <laughs> is, like, dressing them up, and, like, this is what you say, and this is what you do. It's, like, clearly like a fatherly kind of moment. Even though I
1: feel like we didn't need to waste three paragraphs talking about Rand's silk shirt and how
2: he doesn't <laughs> like it. Well, you know, they, they've, they've gotten
0: tired of talking about cloaks, so now they have to talk about something, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, chapter eight. The Dragon Reborn. No,
1: but wait, we forgot oh, something yeah. important about Chapter 7. Oh, yeah. When, yeah, well, when we talk about the prophecy, they're talking about a woman and one of the Forsaken.
0: Oh, I mean, Lanfear. Who's showing
1: up, and we think it's Lanfear.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. only
1: female Forsaken. And we find out Not that... Not the only female, but... Oh, okay, she's a female Forsaken, yeah. and they think that it's her based on the prophecy. And then we find out that before Luz Theron Telamon met Ileana, Lanfear had been his lover. So uh, So she's like
2: a an old Menetheran kind of character, right?
1: Which made and yeah, I think so, and it made me think of Minetheran?
0: Lilith. No, it, no, Luctheran. Theron was much after the Age of Legends. Menetherin was a thousand years ago, Age of Legends was three thousand oh, years oh, ago. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay. Yeah.
1: And and the Landfair, I feel like there's some parallels to Lilith, who in Hebrew mythology was the first mm-hmm. wife of Adam, who was who left him before Eve because she refused to become subservient to him and wouldn't go back to the Garden of Eden after she'd had sex with an archangel. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, this is old <laughs> Jewish mythology. Oh. So Lilith was the evil first wife of Adam before Adam. he hooked up with Eve. Oh, interesting. Did yeah. it, where did
0: she come from? In that, in that story, did Eve still, like, get made out of Adam's rib?
1: Um... That's a good question, yeah. She was created from the same dirt as Adam.
0: So she's, like, equal. Mm-hmm. But she wouldn't like, you know, just go be a happy housewife. Yeah, oh. she was like,
1: "Screw that! I'm going to go have sex with an archangel, and I'm not going back to Eden."
0: I, you know, good for her.
1: Yeah.
2: You know? Right. Yeah. By the way, Landfear. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Bad guy names.
1: I'm I mean, you so Landfear. Landfear <laughs> Yeah.
0: Ridiculous. It's true. Yeah. So the the prophecy might be indicating that Landfear is out.
1: Yeah, and by the way, Lilith was also a demon.
0: Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Same number of letters. That's gotta be. Yeah, that's gotta be deliberate.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, and uh, Land gives him a present the uh, the little pin, the
0: Caldazar Oh yeah, like the Red Eagle of Manetherin Yeah, yeah. A thorn to the Dark One's foot, and a bramble to his hand. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. That's how I feel like I am to Michael McCall. (laughs) 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 His foot and a bramble to his hand. Yeah, whoa, whoa. He who must not be named. That's <laughs> right. Chapter 8. The Dragon Reborn. With uh, the dragon's fang as the symbol. Which is the symbol of dark friends and evil, and also the dragon. So, Rand and Lan go to the women's gate. Uh, the gate? What did I write here? The entrance yeah, to the women's sorry. quarters, yeah. Rand and Lan go to the women's apartments, and Lan even tells him how to walk. Yeah. Which is a, this is a scene that i always remembered like this. <laughs> I, no, noticed. not like that. Like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right? Cat crosses the courtyard. Our special swordsman stands. To <laughs> but make it's also Rand, a walking way. Yeah, where you just walk. And yeah. so to make Rand like, walk all cool and confident.
1: Yeah, it's a relaxed, almost arrogant saunter.
0: Sure. I, I gotta ask, how is that useful in sword fighting? <laughs> uh, I, maybe it makes people think you're cool. Like a psychological <laughs> oh, thing. Yeah.
2: That's how you walk into that battlefield. So people are like, oh
0: man, he's like... <laughs> He's really—he's well, cool and collected. Apparently, Land like his study of sword fighting goes way beyond just fighting swords. Because he, you know, he teaches Rand the ways to talk to lords and ladies, and he teaches him how to dress and gave him love lessons. I believe at one point. Yeah, it's true. This this is how you get the ladies. Some yeah. manly advice. Right, how the hawk meets the hummingbird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, on the way in, uh, Leanne says some sexy stuff to Rand. <laughs> like that she, happens. Every time. And I, I believe at one point she did say some sexy stuff about Matt. Yes. Yeah. I think she's got uh, all three of them. She's hit on them. <laughs> yeah. So, Rand goes in to meet with the Omerlin Seat and Moraine and Viren. And R- Rand is doing all the, like, etiquette stuff that Land taught him. But it's all this really weird, like, warder etiquette stuff. Like, the Land Thirst's mother. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, like, but, I mean, like, it, it works because they're like, huh. All right, so I yeah. guess he's been talking the land. <laughs> That's what they actually say. Yeah, oh, yeah, you've been doing all the land stuff. <laughs> but guess who's still here? It's Varen. Varen. Like, what is going on? Yeah, so I think, well, I, I, I assume that Varen is just in on it now. You know, because she, she figured out what they were doing, and Varen is totally logical and reasonable. And she's like, yep, you're right. Are we just So so? we're just supposed to assume that Maureen was, like, about to kill her and then just changed her
2: mind? I mean, like, because that... Like, that, that's what I thought was... Like, I thought that Moraine was literally looming over her shoulder, getting ready to Zorcher, you know, partner or whatever, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then, like, we cut to five minutes later, she's just, like, sitting there having a conversation. It was yeah. very confusing to me. Hey, Varen talked her way out of it? I guess.
0: I mean, like... Oh, I think that... I mean... There's I, no information I don't, I don't, here. I don't think they think Varen's a bad person. No, absolutely not. I think not. that the, 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 the threat is, A, either Varen's secretly a dark friend, because it could be anybody, yeah. or B... She tells the rest of the Aes Sedai, and there's like a political struggle. Yeah, right. and
1: Varen is passing no judgment whatsoever on this, which is, I think, why they chose not to do anything to her. But we yeah. don't
2: have any. We don't have any narrative explanation here. Like, they, it cuts from the, the 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 very last time we see them is Moraine, like behind her or something, saying, "I'm so sorry, <laughs> I have to do this." Moraine
1: <laughs> and Swan. Uh,
2: yeah, and then like. A chapter later, they're just, like, sitting and having a chat. And there's no... There's nothing in between. It's driving me crazy. What happened there? <laughs> I think
1: they just realized that she's not a threat at all.
2: I mean, we can assume that, but, I mean, like, that's not what, the way the conversation was going when we last saw them.
1: I mean, I mm-hmm. think she's completely disinterested, and part of being disinterested is that she's not going to betray this knowledge to anybody else. Yeah, I
2: mean, she, she I think she even said, you know, it, it would be great to be able to chronicle, like... The what's going on here? We we have no opportunity to to see what happens to a man as he descends into madness. I think she says something like that. Well,
1: I mean, she's kind of replaced loyal. I think as having all of this esoteric knowledge mm-hmm. and wanting to be there just to see what happens from a purely academic yeah, curiosity. Book
0: smarts. Yeah, nobody's talked about loyal for a while, huh? Yeah. Well, Rand told him to. Get stuffed <laughs> you know, a couple chapters ago. Yeah, but I mean like, getting
2: stuffed. They're making all these plans and you know, I wonder I wonder how Loyal's doing. <laughs> Listen.
0: He's a good guy.
1: <laughs> so get stuffed is oakier expression for having sex.
0: <laughs> well, Rand didn't know that. <laughs> like Lord Agamar, bring me your largest warrior. <laughs> <laughs> but, Glory to the builders.
1: <laughs> but this is so exciting because when Rand finally meets with the Amerlin seat. We find out what the fuck is up with Tam Althor and how he got this herring yeah, sword.
0: Moraine just like the the history of Tam, which we've been wondering about for a thousand pages. Moraine just drops it in a in a paragraph because she know I mean, like she obviously knew the whole time. Just she she says she didn't know before, but she learned it since then. Yeah, sure. At, at what point during the, their their travels and going into the blight? Right? Yeah. So apparently Tam left the Two Rivers, joined the army of Ilian, fought in one particular war,
1: the White Cloak War,
0: the White Cloak War. Yeah, yeah. and Not the last the Isle war. Well, Isle War? He was in the Isle War, but later.
1: So he served in the White Cloak War and the last two wars with Tear, and then he served in the Isle War, so he was a warrior.
0: Yeah, he was in the several wars. A he, badass warrior. He apparently just earned that, that Heron Mark blade by being a badass warrior. Yeah. And uh and then he was he found the baby on the Dragon Mount, uh after the Isle War, as you know, the prophecy happened and just took it home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you do, yeah. Well, you know, I here. Someone left a baby, a perfectly good baby, lying here. I'm taking this one home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he had a wife, she wanted a kid. So, sure.
1: yeah. So one paragraph, and I want to point out, Jeff, you were right when you said literally. You were literally right when you said it took. We've been wondering about this for a thousand pages because it's <laughs> close to a thousand pages until yeah. we finally get one paragraph that finally explains this. Right? Yeah.
2: And Rand is like, "No, I'm Tam I'm-
0: Tam's my father." <laughs> and Rand, of course, rejects <laughs> the information. Right? Mm-hmm. Come on, dude. Uh, you've had a lot of time to think about this. That's right. So Swan tells him that Matt and Perrin are going with Ingtar after the horn and the dagger. Uh, and that Rand is free. Free to go. You can go with him if you want. Yeah. And Rand's like, well, I guess I'll go then. They're like, that's fine. We're not manipulating <laughs> Good you. Good then. Too. Do it then. <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you. I dare you to go with them. Right. And he's like, well, fine, I will then. Yeah. And so, but they let they let slip that he knows, that they know he can channel. And also, they tell him that he is the Dragon Reborn. <laughs> yeah, The I first mean, time somebody has actually told him straight up what is going on with him. No, I mean, to be fair, he did kill the devil. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, that's not a normal <laughs> thing, right? That was a hint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Killing <laughs> the devil wasn't just a thing people do? <laughs> yeah. I assume that's what my father did when he left the two rivers. But mm-hmm. I was, he's my father. And Randa, he of course, doesn't believe it immediately. He's like, right. nope, you're just trying to manipulate me. I won't believe anything ever. Because... I'm an idiot. Yep. And
1: you're not going to control me.
0: Yeah. I won't be controlled. <laughs> I won't be used by anyone. He likes to say that a lot. Right. Uh, which, it seems like actually getting him to do what they want was very simple for yeah.
2: them. Yeah, just like a little bit of reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, look, we don't care what you do. Yeah, All right, we, I'm going to go do this we thing. We definitely
0: don't care if you go with your friends to after the horn and the dagger. Well, <laughs> we do that then. They should have said, you really shouldn't do this. <laughs> yeah. Don't go with your friends. <laughs> don't follow the horn. So, Moraine... Tells the story of what started this whole thing, this whole conspiracy with her and Swan and now Varen. And it's awesome. It's so cool. It's during the Isle War. There was a, you know, the, the Isle were at the gates of Tarvalon. And we don't exactly know why that war happened or anything, but.
2: They say they mentioned something about the tree. They don't go into details, but they say the Isle War after somebody who did yeah, something Lamont to the tree.
0: And, like, destroyed the tree. Yeah. And. A sin and, against the tree, and Lamon was hiding, and Tarvalon. Anyway, the Isle were there, and it was the dead of winter, uh, and the Isle don't care about the the winter, and they and Moraine and Swan were like uh, attending this old isle, the old the previous Amherlin seat. And uh, her keeper who had the foretelling And the, the keeper like Sat up all of a sudden and said The dragon is born His cries are like thunder Oh, he's he's terror Just come to the world And then she dies <laughs> <laughs> Yeah <laughs> That was interesting And
1: she fell forward into my arms dead
0: Yeah And Moraine and Swan are And the old Amaral and Seed the only ones that are there So they're the only ones that know that the dragon reborn Because apparently the foretelling is never wrong they, They're the only ones that know the dragon reborn has been born And they spend the next twenty years of Rand's life looking for him. Right. Yeah, and, and they but they, had... but they and they kept it a secret too, which I don't think they've explained why they did that. Also, yeah, they they do have. I mean, and they said
2: they had some hints about ancient blood and meat, yeah, because the old blood or something yeah. like that, and so some searching
0: where the old blood was, and then there's the old blood in Menethrin. Yeah. yeah, but they, I don't think they said what the ancient blood was, right? Uh, yeah, they haven't said that. I think it's probably just that it's old blood. Yeah, probably wherever. Um, Isle. Where, wherever Rand comes from, yeah, yeah. which is the Isle, because he looks like an Isleman. Yeah, wait, wait, he's an Isleman. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Rand again refuses to believe this. Yeah, so uh, he's like, "Well, I'm just going to go," and they're like, "Okay, go." <laughs> we said you could. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's always been an option, <laughs> right? Yeah. And So he leaves. So it cut to Nynaeve. Yeah, oh, man, and then we get to remember now why Nynaeve is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, to her credit, she's looking for Rand because she knows Rand is in trouble. Yeah, no, no, she's you know she and she's like, and she Rand is, nice is one of my villagers. so I'm going to go look out for him. Yeah, sure, and probably say really mean things to him. <laughs> Be a real <laughs> jerk about everything. <laughs> and so, but instead of finding Rand, she finds Lan. With well, similar names, but it's not the same thing. Yeah, and I wrote in my notes in all caps romance <laughs> because naive is like oh well you're you're too good for me aren't you a king or something now and he's like god damn it <laughs> like she's being a little unreasonable like he, he what he said is, is totally legitimate you know it's yeah, not what, like what he said he, I don't love what you what he basically said is my job doesn't let me have any, any serious relationships
1: He, which he says while his eyes blazed like blue ice in the sun
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but she's he like, gives the best sexy looks
1: <laughs>
2: And yeah, she's she's being like kind of a jerk about it. Like, it's not um, like he's it's Yeah, not she like takes it all personally. Like yeah.
0: like he's he's putting on errors and he like he thinks she's too low for him or something. And then Lan drops like the most baller move ever, <laughs> oh, he, right? He, yeah. <laughs> he
2: gives her his, his king ring. And he's like, if you send him a, a thing with marked with this, or if you send this ring, I will come to you as quickly as I can, no matter what. No matter <laughs> where, no matter when and she's like, Well, All right, I guess that's cool. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he he even has a sexy nickname for her now. Mashiara. Beloved of heart and soul, it meant, but a lost love too. Lost beyond regaining.
2: That's a really
0: loaded word. Yeah, there's a lot of information packed into that word.
1: Must be German.
0: (laughs) That's right. So, uh, then Moraine comes in. Oh,
1: my God. And this is so good because (laughs) Nynaeve has been having this sexy conversation with Lan, and Lan walks off. And then it says Nynaeve turns around, she finds herself face to face with Moraine and says, How long have you been there? And Moraine and I wrote snap exclamation point next to this, not long enough to hear anything I should not have. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah, Nynaeve has decided at this point to go to Tarvalon and train as I Sedai. To get back at Moraine. And Moraine's like, you, you, you better go to Tarvalon so you can train to fight
2: me. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right, yeah. like, oh, man. Yeah. Moraine is, like, scoring points
0: here. <laughs> right, I mean, she's on top of long. this. Yeah, because
1: yeah, I never get the impression that Moraine has any sort of romantic feelings for Lan. But at the same time, I think Moraine disapproves of this relationship because there is a certain amount of possessiveness, I think. Since he is her warder. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lan is part of the... I've been saying that they're, her conspiracy is only those two people, but no, Lan is in it on it, too. Mm-hmm.
1: She doesn't tell him
2: everything, because there are a couple points where she mentions that Lan doesn't know the full details, but but he knows
0: yeah. probably as much as anyone else. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, Moraine, I'm sure, is a little worried that this might, you know, break the band up, you mm-hmm. know? Ninety might be their Yoko. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She would be. That's the meanest thing you guys have said about Nynaeve so far. <laughs> wow. Look, Nynaeve's the worst. Team Nynaeve. Yeah. So, yeah, cut to you again. Uh, and these chapters are cutting a lot. I, I think that's going to be more happening more and more as we go forward. I,
2: I, I got the impression that this chapter was basically about tying up loose ends so they could start the next story. Yeah, I, that's probably what it felt right.
0: like to me. Uh, Egwene and Nynaeve are, are just friends now. They don't have like a, a wisdom and apprentice relationship anymore. Oh, I also wanted to mention—they're pretty close in age, anyway. That's true. Yeah, like I think I think she says,
2: "Well, yeah, Egwene is a little bit younger than Rand, right? And Nynaeve is a few years above that, so there's yeah. a little bit of a gap there, but not a lot, right? But uh, like through the, throughout this whole conversation with Moiraine, Nynaeve is being like super cavalier about talking about talking about Rand, like they're in the hallway, right? Oh, it's true. Yeah, and he's she's out, like, "Oh, high. Rand's powers, and you know, does
0: this channeling thing," and, and I'm just like, "Shut the." God, like there could be anyone listening right now. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, Nynaeve is a a bull. She goes straight forward. Yeah. So yeah, I, Egwene and Nynaeve are, are chatting, and uh, Rand comes to talk to Egwene. Yeah. Uh, and he goes to the door of the women's apartment and starts shouting for her, like he do, which is, scandalizes everybody and we get a whole bunch of like Shinar and sexy talk about Rand (laughs) they're all like he's such a fine man and he'll make a fine husband and they tell Egwene like you know no one's gonna gonna move in where you've staked a claim but you know if you like we understand that you've got dibs on Rand yeah but if you're going you're going to be an Aes Sedai so does that mean you know open season on Lord Rand <laughs> are you gonna because if you're not gonna we're gonna you know. <laughs> yeah right they're like he'll make the he'll make the finest husband once he's broken <laughs> the best of men are not much better than the house broken is what they say and it's like
2: really guys come yeah, on I mean, yeah talk
0: about like objectifying men you know <laughs> Yeah, that's I, that's Robert Jordan's thing, you know. They they both do it. Everybody does it, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. So uh, we have a nice, an actual nice conversation between Rand and Egwene. Yeah, and probably it, the act- nicest thing they could possibly manage. <laughs> yeah, because they're such jerks to each other. And Egwene says, basically, you know, I'll help you when I'm a an nice Sedai, and he's like, No, you'll want to kill me. And she's like, Probably not, no.
2: <laughs>
0: and they cry, and uh, and they part. At the end. So that's. Yeah, you're right. Just wrapping up loose ends. I think that's uh, that's it. Really felt like that, and
2: uh, I'm I'm actually kind of excited about that because I think some of my favorite parts about Robert Jordan's writing are when they're experiencing the world and learning about the history of the world, and uh, not so much when they're the characters are doing things because sometimes the characters kind of suck.
1: Mm-hmm. So like
2: th- these chapters, while well, they were interesting in some ways, because you learn about the politics of Tarvalon and like the history of this this prophecy. Like, all the, the, the interactions between the, the characters were, were frustrating to me. Mm-hmm.
1: Really? Because this was actually my favorite, my favorite section of both books that we've read so far. Really? I felt like there was a lot happening. I liked that we were jumping from place to place instead of just plotting after one character over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the whole I Aes I world is fascinating. I, I would I agree with that. I, would, I would, yeah. absolutely
0: agree with that. Um, one thing I wanted to say that... Even Swan is not completely in on the conspiracy. There are things that Moraine is hiding from Swan and Lan and everybody. So, really, it's Moraine's conspiracy.
2: It's not Moraine's and Swan's conspiracy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, what? Like, I really thought that Swan, since Swan is the boss of the Aes Sedai, she would know the most, if anything, and Moraine would be like the Darth Vader to her emperor. Right. (laughs) But like good guys. Right. Um, Sort of. Yeah, sort of goodish. But no, it's, it's all Moraine. And Moraine is is she really is off the reservation, you know? If you yep. believe in like Tarvalon authority, she needs to be reigned
2: in. It, it's it's not it's it's very easy to read her not as necessarily a good a good character because the things that she's striving for, while they're better than some things, are not better than these things not happening at all. I mean like mm-hmm. the the dark one reshaping the world is bad,
0: but Rand breaking the world is not great either, yeah. right? Yeah, one of the things she thinks is that Swan Moraine thinks Suan never could accept that the breaking of the world is going to happen. Right. She Suan is still thinking that they can get through this without any, like, devastation or, or massive destruction. And Moraine is like, she never could understand that's going to happen anyway. Yeah. I
1: think an interesting binary in Robert Jordan's writing, too, is this idea of ambition. Either you are so ambitious to the point where you don't care if you might cause damage to others like Moraine... Um, and I would say Leandrin to a certain extent, or you have zero ambition like Rand and Perrin and you just want to go back to the way things mm. were.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah They've done right. a lot of middle ground, is there? Pretty yeah. much everybody falls in those categories. Yeah.
2: But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, do we accept that the world, the break, the world has to happen I, as, as the readers? I mean, that, that's obviously what we're, we're supposed to think, but I mean, yeah. what, what supports that? What supports that idea?
0: It seems like it's the it's the pattern, right? In this world, there's a pattern. Yeah. Some the pattern causes things to happen, and it, the pattern is like a an entity with some kind of agency, right? The pattern has a thing that it wants to happen, and it makes it happen by yeah. like moving people around and making coincidences happen, and the pattern, you know, is the Robert Jordan writing, you know, right? <laughs> But but if that's true in this world, then yes, it has to happen because that's how the pattern ends an age and makes a new one. Well, arguably, Moraine is the one doing all that right now, right? Yeah, right. She is the sole
2: piece, the sole person moving all of these things towards the breaking of the world. No, well, that also is Balzamon. Well, okay, that's true. You know, if if Moraine hadn't been there, Balzamon would have got Rand, and presumably, that's bad. That's a good point. But but we also, interestingly enough, she's not Taveren. It's true, as yeah. far as we know. Well, I mean, that's a good point. A good point. I, but she, it's, I, I assume she would know, and we would know if she was tolerant since They're always, they're they're talking about it so much. I know, yeah, yeah, right. But but I mean, for, for as much as those three guys are supposed to be
0: the things weaving the pattern, she's doing a lot of that weaving all by herself. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So no, I don't know. unclear. There's definitely an ambiguity there, which is interesting. It feels like. It's not all a done deal. Everything isn't automatically going to happen the way the pattern wants it to happen. It feels like there is some agency that these characters have. Yeah. These people have in the world. I Yet at the same time, the prophecies are all true. They, they Exactly what they said happened is going to happen. Because Maureen... Well, I mean, that's true. A lot of things that were predicted
2: happened on their own, I suppose. Up until... What? Until the time Rand was born, Right. Yeah, right. That all happened. Maureen didn't know about that. Yeah, but when Rand was born at that point, she starts taking an active hand in everything. Mm -hmm. And from there on out, she's moving people, moving pieces, uh, influencing things all all around. I mean, she's kind of making the prophecy come true. Not that it's necessarily a good thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's it for this episode of The Dragon Re-Red. Next time, we're going to cover The Great Hunt, chapters 9 through 13. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter.
1: I'm Alice Sullivan.
0: And I'm Micah Sparkman. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please uh, drop us a line at hello at the dragon uh, Please share us with anybody you think will like us and give us good reviews on whatever whatever service you use to get this. And please like us on social media and in real life. Because we're very likable. Yeah, we are. Uh, until next time. The, the Light is Illumine You. you.